This is the World Sportsbook Competition Podcast, brought to you by Avantage Entertainment. Hello and welcome to the World Sportsbook Competition. I'm your host Luke Eldon and I'm joined by Sudden Perks. How are you doing guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. good. Yeah, good. not bad. How's uh, self-isolation going, boys? Uh, yeah, it's going alright, isn't it? It's just uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit crap without any sport or anything, but you got to do what you got to do, haven't you? I feel like we're on so, about week 10 here of no football, but... It's not the week unfortunate 10, reality that it hasn't no. gone anywhere near as, as fast as that. What was it? Like, actually been since the last match? I don't know. Was it Liverpool? The last Athletic match I Madrid? watched was Liverpool Athletic Madrid. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah, that was the last. Which game. was was it two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? I can't remember. I think it's it's got to be. Th- it can't be two weeks. Man. No, it I think it's like only two. Forever, uh, mate. It's I think it's only two. Ago. You know. Yeah. I feel yeah. your pain. I feel your pain, but wow, I think it is only... So it feels like about five months ago. <laughs> it's but, absolutely dreadful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, it is but dreadful. it's bad times. However, we will say just quickly that we hope, um, wherever you are listening to this, that we hope you're safe and well during this. And obviously, self-isolation isn't fun, but stay home as best you can because uh, that will help with this. So we're told anyway, so I think it's best to follow those guidelines. However, we are here to discuss some football news because um, there still has been quite a bit. Obviously, people discussing if the Premier League should be null and voided, and that goes for the AFL as well. And uh, there was an exclusive from Miguel Delaney a couple of days ago that said the Premier League plans have developed into clubs staying in quarantine World Cup style bases and playing all games in the Midlands in June slash July with all 92 remaining games being broadcasted in a TV mega event, and apparently it has the government backing. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I would be very open to it, because if they can get something like this done, I mean, just to have football on TV, as long as it's safe for them to do so. Mm. Wow, how much I'd love that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great, because it'd kind of be uh, like a replacement for the Euros, wouldn't it, in a way? Mm-hmm. Talking about the time scale, if they're talking like June, July, that sort of time period. I mean, we don't know if that is going to be feasible yet, obviously. It could be later than that, but if it was to be like June, July sort of time, that's when the Euros would be taking place anyway. So to have that amount of football, and it would be like the Euros, wouldn't it, in terms of the amount of football? You're talking, you know, that many days in a row probably of football. So I said to you, I'm going to try and watch every game <laughs> if that yeah. did happen. I don't know how I would, but... <laughs> I'll try. It's like, but it's like the Euros or the World Cup, and everyone gets excited for games like Algeria versus Mali and stuff. And it's, it'll be like that with this, won't it? It'll be like the Premier, like you know, Mate, Palace against like I don't know Brighton or something, and everyone will be like getting. What hyped game up was it? Last stuff. World Cup, I sat and watched. I think it was Iran against. It might have been Algeria. Now you've said, no, nah, I don't think. Was it Morocco? Morocco. Yeah. Oh my god, it <laughs> was Morocco. Morocco. Such yeah. a bad game. It was, it was awful. I remember watching bits of it and I was like, why did I ever watched it. decide to try and watch every game? <laughs> One thing for sure, turned... though, is that no one's going to take Bournemouth versus Aston Villa on Super Sunday for granted ever again. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely and that probably not. includes all us lot because even yeah, you, I'm... Perks, are the most <laughs> die-hard of football fans. You know, there was a time when you'd watch every game, but even you started skipping a few boring Super Sunday clashes. But yeah, life moves. I don't on. think you will be again. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at when least for the, for the return, no. whenever that may be. I've, no. I've got to get that football fix back in my life yeah, as exactly. soon as possible. No. So it's going to be interesting if that happens. I think um, I think this, if they can do it, would be a good idea. I don't know why it's going to be in the Midlands. That's one of the highest affected um, places in the UK, apparently. I'm assuming it's a logistical thing, because it's in the middle of the country. Mm. So it's kind of a hub for everyone. Um, 
you know, because you get. I, I don't think they want scenarios where it's Newcastle playing Southampton. I mean, there's massive sort of there's massive sort of uh, distances to cover and things like that for playing stuff. I don't think they want that. So yeah, I'm but I just think there's why. better places. Like there was rumours that they yeah, were going to sure do it is, at St George's Park because St George's whereabouts Park is that? It's uh, the England training camp. The England training base. Yeah, I know, but whereabouts is it in down the country? S- down south somewhere, but yeah. the but that would point- be a problem, wouldn't it? Because the teams up north. I'm assuming that's why they chose the Midlands because it's a midpoint. Yeah, but my point was going to be the Midlands isn't going to be played in one stadium, whereas at St George's Park you could literally have a base in yeah. one place where you can isolate people, and they have like I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Perth. They have like 17 pitches or something down there. Oh yeah, there's, there's more than you'd ever need to make something. So they like literally that could play so many games at the same time it's, and stuff. I do think though, the only thing the problem with this is, and it probably is going to have to be this, I assume. But the problem I'd have is that you'd have to question: Does this kind of come into the integrity of the competition in terms of some teams will be playing teams in neutral stadiums, whereas other teams will have played their rivals in like their home stadium? Well, I'm going to assume like Villa won't be allowed to play at Villa Park. No, but what I mean, Leicester won't be at the King Power and so on. I still think it causes some issues with, especially I'm thinking more sort of, not obviously not the title, I mean, that's long gone, but stuff like Champions League places, stuff like relegation. Um, relegation. You're going to get certain scenes if they go down saying, well, we didn't get we, we didn't get to play at home or whatever, or we had to play someone at a neutral ground instead of at their away. You know, I so it's going to, I argument. think it's going to throw up some interest in. I think that argument's thrown out the window, though, with something like this. Because yeah. I mean, maybe I, agree I just think that the it's extremity. Uh, I just uh, I know where you go. And so some know. teams rely on their home form. Some teams only pick up points away, yeah. and, and vice versa. So it, it could be an interesting conundrum. But my biggest issue isn't actually that. I'm I'm I am sticking with the logistical side of it, but more about the actual organisation and getting it to take place from top to bottom. I don't know how at this point in time we're throwing out timeframes that it could be done in June or to replace the Euros around that kind of period. We, we don't know how the COVID-19 situation is going to progress. We don't know that the Midlands is going to be, by then, the best place for it to happen. I, I don't see a situation in which absolutely every single player, member of staff, whether it's coaching, whether it's the chefs that prepare for the clubs, Whatever it is from top to bottom, I don't see a situation in which nobody across all 20 clubs has a COVID-19 afflicted personnel. And Mm. can you imagine if it came to it where, fair enough, like you mentioned before, the title's pretty gone. But whatever team down at the bottom, whatever team on the verge of European qualification was completely fine, but their best player had been tested positive for COVID-19, so they couldn't be a part of it. Well, this See, is the problem. This teams is, won't yeah. go with that. Like, yeah, no, but, nobody would go out. Yeah, but that's that. like losing a player to injury. It is, but it's I exceptional mean, circumstances. I, yeah, I know, but the problem is that this is exceptional circumstances because we've never had anything like this. So the same old like arguments, it's, oh, they're not playing at home stuff, that gets thrown out the window because the biggest point of this, and it isn't anything to do with what we think, it's money. If they do not play these games, they lose one point two billion. Apparently, yeah. that's the estimated figures. Mm-hmm. If they play these games behind closed doors, it's one hundred sixty-six million. They lose roughly. Now, we always we've always known footballs about money, and there is no way in hell they're going to let that money go. 
because no, absolutely. it's too much money. I mean, mm. clubs are in danger of going out of business, especially in the EFL, your team, Perks, Coventry. Like, there's so many ramifications that will come into play if 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 they're not able to complete these ga- these games. And I think that's why that's what will be the driving force. To be honest, yeah, I, I do agree what that the financial if, aspect will be yeah. a driving force. But I mean, I, I can't see a situation in which clubs bow down to it. What if there's a club with seven no, or eight of, of afflicted players, I, and I can't no. see them being told. Oh well, it doesn't matter. You, you you have to fall in line with everybody else. And if they if they did go down that route, if the Premier League did go down that route, or the FA, or whatever the governing body's decision, whoever the governing body is that makes that decision at the end of the day, I, I think they leave themselves open to court cases galore from forcing teams to play without eight first team players, for example, and then getting relegated or missing out on the Champions League because they had to fulfil fixtures that mm. really probably should never have been played in that in that circumstance. Well, I think you have to remember as well that, you know, in that scenario you talk about where, say, a team does have five, six players on, I know, the last game of the season that are out with, you know, and have symptoms and not allowed to play. If they get relegated, then how much money are they going to lose? And I know that's not, you know, obviously the entire thing, the entire league is going to lose way more money than one club would, and it's more important. If the league loses money, I get that, but... It's going to, I guess it would throw up, well, how much power do clubs have, really have, against like the rest of the league, I guess. And do you not think it would depend on the club it was as well? Because as much as we say, oh, all clubs are equal and things like this, we know that's not true. We know that certain clubs in the league have more power. West Ham would have more power than Norwich, for example. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And of where their location is in London and things like that. And the same with the Champions League. You know, a United, for example, missing out would be different to a Sheffield United missing out. Mm. It just would at the end of the day. United would try and do all sorts more things to try and, you know, alleviate that situation. So this is my worry about it. Like, is it going to sort of, you know, uh, is it going to sort of promote the sort of dark side of football in that sense, in terms of, you know, certain clubs getting favours over others, and it does throw a lot of things into the mix. That, and I, I, I do understand where you're coming from, Luke. In terms of, I, I don't think there is going to be a hundred percent solution. I think some teams probably will get shafted a bit more than others. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I feel like that's uh, just going to uh, be the case. You are right in terms of. I don't think there's a hundred percent foolproof way of avoiding that, but I think they should be trying to avoid it as much as possible. Well, I so, assume, uh, yeah. I'd assume, this is obviously, like you guys said, we don't actually know, do we? June, July, that's the prediction of when we're going to be coming off the peak and hopefully, you know, numbers of these yep. cases are going to be on the on the decline. But you'd hen- hope, hope that you would test every team. Mm. And then if there, were, there was a team that had like eight cases or something, well, you wouldn't be able to play, would you? You'd have to give them no. the 14-day isolation period. Yeah. But this is all up in the air because... We just don't know how anything's going to unfold. Yeah, I, I don't know about you two. I still remain very sceptical there's going to be any sporting events in June. Yeah, or I even July. I would. Be I, I still think it's going to be. All, I don't know my, my time frame at the minute, and this, you know, this is just me saying it. This isn't scientific evidence or anything like that. But from what I'm just gathering, and I think a few other people maybe think this as well. I think it's going to be at least August. I, 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 maybe even September. I just can't envisage a scenario at the minute where we're having sporting events in June when I think, yeah, some countries might be coming out of it, but there'll be other countries that are just beginning or it'll just be affecting them. So uh, I don't know. It seems the time frame to me still seems very soon. 
I know they want to get things wrapped up, but I think we're going to be more looking at delays to the next season, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, cancel it. I, I, you know, all this null and void stuff, I'm sure we'll go on to it in a minute, but, you know, I, I think it's going to be more likely an impact of the next season rather than this one. Well, people keep saying, don't they, like, um, null and void this season and do next yeah. season like normal. It's like, you do realise that next season's probably going to be impacted on anyway. The well, beginning next season of next be season normal, won't though, be it? like the beginning of a normal yeah. season. That yeah. That's the reality. There's just because you, if you did choose to void this current season, you can't just start pre-season in July like you normally would because things are still going on. It's not it's not as simple as void this one and start fresh. You don't know when that fresh is going to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And the other point about that is you say about, oh, well, let's just get everything back to normal and void this season as if it didn't happen and start again. Yeah, but you can't, you just, <laughs> that can't be done, can it really? Because then you'd have gone. exactly the same teams and exactly the same leagues and how many teams have overspent to try and get, and you can say, well, that's their fault. However, how many teams have overspent to get to the Premier League? How many teams are going to lose tons of money from not getting there? How many teams are going to, you know, lose money from not getting in the Champions League when they should have done? And, you know, there's all sorts of logistical nightmares with that. So I, I just think voiding the season has got to be the absolute last resort, as in, like, literally the last resort. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in my opinion, there, there's been a, there's been a lot of silly comments, in my opinion, <clears throat> right now, where people are just coming out and saying, null and void the season right now. It's like, why not just give yourself time? We discussed that on the last podcast we did. I, I think a lot of it's fanboyism, though. It's a lot yeah, of Twitter fanboyism. Is. You see it all the time. You see, like... Karen Brady, though. You know... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> She's Karen, not fanboy, yeah, I mean, but... But that's just because it suits her, doesn't it? And to be honest, I've got to say, though, I mean, it, it's in the... I mean, it's in the piece by uh, Miguel Delaney, isn't it, about... Actually, I think it's... Is it the majority of... Uh, it might be all top 10 clubs want the season to... I don't think any of them yep. said they would vote for a null and void. Top all, yeah. any of the top 10. Mm-hmm. I, I think so, the reality is across all the football leagues, you know. even the teams that aren't doing so well, I guess it'd be very easy to come out and say, yeah, just void it to, to get rid of it and to save themselves. But I don't think that does them any favours in the long run. Mm. There would be a lot going against them. And, and just, I think from an integrity point of view, when you when you look past that and the the cynical nature of it. I think the majority of clubs, easily 95% of clubs up and down the pyramid would want a real season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. You, you could save yourself from relegation, but in, in the very short term, Wouldn't is it, it worth having that held over you for, for the rest of time? I, I just, maybe it is to some clubs, depending on the circumstances. Maybe they think they could never get back to the position that they're in now if things were to continue going wrong for them. But, Unfortunately, they're there because they deserve to be there. Yeah, well, I don't want to pick on you know I don't want to pick on one club, but considering you know that she you know Karen Brady did say that comment, we kind of you kind of have to pick on West Ham. You know you can't tell me that West Ham don't think they'd ever be able to get up again. I'm pretty sure they'd be confident of getting up. No, West Ham situation. You know, is ob- I'm talking it, about it, teams <laughs> up and down the pyramid. You know, teams that yeah. are having a one-off season, maybe in the Championship, or they're they're avoiding relegation where they shouldn't in League One, or that they're, they're challenging for. a for a playoff spot that in a normal situation they might not get, they might want to give up, might not want to give up on that. But well, well I've I, I just been in the case of West Ham though. What I don't understand from that point of view, if that if the owners are thinking, yeah, well, we, but I mean, they're basically saying that they would potentially vote for a null and void, and it's like I just don't think that d- d- does the fact that you save yourself from relegation, like you said before, outweigh the fact that for the next 20, 30 years teams would absolutely hate you for it other teams and other fans and the reputation damage of that 
Mm. Would, weigh, yeah, well, would outweigh it's not just relegated. other teams and fans it is the reputation of the club and yeah. how much it would suffer with sponsorship and commercial deals things like that it, it would be saving the club but I don't think it would be saving the club in, in the grander scheme of things they could not go down this season but I think the long term <laughs> ramifications of a, of a decision like that to go hard and say it has to be null and void when pretty much everybody else is opposing it I just can't see well, it ending well. I want yeah. to touch on some stats with this. So apparently over 95% of the English game, including the entirety of top half Premier League, want the 2019-20 season to be completed. And apparently the Premier League can't decide to avoid the season without the EFL agreement. And EFL are moving and wanting to finish the season because it could uh, save 45 clubs because they're in danger of going out of business if this season mm. isn't finished. Just quickly though, touching on the top half, the entire top half of the Premier League apparently won it. Well, wasn't one of the clubs rumoured to want the season null and void Spurs from the get-go? Apparently, yeah, that was a rumour. I mean, obviously, it was I, mean, I guess we don't Hampers, know 100%, do we? I mean, unless, you know, unless... You know that Miguel Delaney 100% knows that they've actually 100% said to him personally that they don't want to. I guess we'll never know, but I would assume that. I mean, you know, there's also been the reports today, hasn't there? With just on with the Tottenham with the wages thing as well, so they're not looking good at the minute. Tottenham in terms of reputation, no. Um, but and I think that actually was Newcastle as well, wasn't it? It was another yeah, club, another, like, yeah, uh, laying off staff, which they've been lambasted for, and I think rightfully so, personally, from a personal point of view. But yeah, just with the Tottenham thing, again, I just don't think that it would do that. I think it would do them terrible damage if they were seen to be one of the clubs that was doing this. I, I don't know why they'd ever want to, you know, because you say, well, it benefit them because, you know, they were in the Champions League, so they'd be in it again next season. Yeah, but... How many years of damage would that do them reputation-wise? UEFA have said that you know. if if this if countries do null and void their season, that would be hard to mm. have a representative from them countries in the Champions League next season. Well, yeah, exactly. If, so if I mean, that'll probably be the end to that anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's my so, thought on that. You can't null and void the season and just reset no. and say, well, we'll, no. we'll, you know, the rest of the the rest of the competition, the rest of the representatives will qualify in the normal way. But England, mm. here you go, have some special dispensation and go back to as it was twelve months ago. I'm not surprised they're against that. There's no way that would work. No, no. and they're not. No. They're not no. the biggest fan of English teams, anyway, are they? So I doubt they're going to be open to something. But like I, that. I think back to the original point of it not just being a Premier League decision. They might lead the way based on being the most powerful in comparison to the EFL. But one decision does affect the other. If you choose to finish the Premier League and the Premier League alone in June, July, what happens to the rest of the league? When does the Championship get finished? When does League One get finished? How are the playoffs affected? Mm. <laughs> there's so many questions that you, you could probably think of a million answers to, but there's there's sticking points here and there's asterisks there and there's there's so much that for me at this early stage, I mean, like we, we roll back to the beginning of this chat that we're having, it feels like it's been forever when in the reality it's only been a few weeks. We yeah. don't need to make hasty decisions now we don't need to throw in plans right this moment for june july sure we can we can conceptualize and we can talk about what might be a good or bad idea but i mean generally speaking pretty much everything that i've read or everything that i've heard so far i've been able to say that doesn't sound so bad but and the but for me is always quite significant at this point in time mm. Mm. yeah I, I agree with that. I think just going back to a point about getting the league's finished so as well is an interesting uh, sort of thing about this is the Champions League, isn't it? Because that's another 
element to this in terms of getting that finished. And obviously you've got the cup competitions, but I don't know if you two feel the same. I, I've got in my head, I can envisage a scenario where the Champions League actually does get voided. Yeah, I can I can see that happening. I, I, I just I can see that happening and them just saying, well, we need to just get the league finished. You know, I mean, that's the priority, getting the leagues finished, the major leagues. Because it's harder, you isn't know, the it, cup competitions aren't as important. It's harder to pick clubs against each other across Europe when well, yeah, that's this what I'm is all across well. Europe. I mean, look at Italy we don't and Spain. Know the, yeah, we, and, I mean, yeah, that's true. And we don't know the situation in other European countries yet in terms of the full situation. So, you know, there's and it's not just the Champions League, it's the Europa League as well. I mean, the Europa League, you could say, is even more sort of maybe at risk because there's even more countries involved in that, isn't there, and stuff, mm. the teams. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know about the Champions League. I, I just have this feeling that actually could get that is potential to be null avoided. Although, having said that, once again, UEFA would not want that in a million years because money, you know, money speaks and they'd want to get it finished. Yeah, um, it does dictate. I, so, I would be shocked if they agreed to it, but I I feel like there's I more know, chance of that, that being voided than yeah. the leagues. And definitely the Cups. I think the Cups could... Like, like, from, from a selfish point of view, I wouldn't want any of them to get disbanded because, well... As a fan of City, we're in all of them, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, all the competitions. But, you know, from a realistic point of view, is the FA Cup more important than finishing the league season? No, it isn't. Mm. No, so, I, I think an FA Cup with know. an asterisk next to it in years to come to say it wasn't completed or it was null and yeah. voided is a just, lot yeah. easier to take than yeah, a league. Yeah. There is Maybe you can do some sort of compensation package with the clubs that have already got to this the stage. Do you know what I mean? You could share out the prize money, couldn't you, even? With the rest of the, cl- you could even say, well, what is it? We're at the quarterfinal stage, aren't we? The FA Cup, pretty much. So, you could say, well, them eight clubs get the share of the, the you know, the winners' money or something, you know, because like, yeah. I think that would be I a can't fair see scenario. anyone being against that. I mean, no. I know you've got your your underdogs who, or at least who would be considered the underdogs at this point. That they, they yeah. you're taking away their dream maybe of winning it, and they might struggle to reach this point again. Who knows? But t- to be very honest, the FA Cup not finishing doesn't affect anybody. I'm not no. trying to devalue it by saying that if if a if a side other than City or one of the big big English clubs wins it, it's fantastic. Obviously, it's great for the game. Doesn't happen. But in the grand though. scheme of things, it very rarely happens, and it it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't affect next season. You're getting the share of the prize money if we go down the route that Sud's just been talking about. So. Mm-hmm. I personally don't care if any domestic cup finishes in any league. There's no need for it in comparison to the actual league itself. Well, I mean, I think you could do a similar thing in the Champions League as well. Just split it between the clubs that are still in the competition. I mean, I, I don't see why that would... Uh, a bit more awkward because there's still last 16 sides to play, so I'd, you'd have to figure something out there. But I, yeah. I just think that's probably the most sensible thing to do, share out the prize money with the people that are still in it, because then it's like, well, you haven't really lost... I mean, you will... You know, certain clubs will say they've lost out, they could have got further, but you know, nothing is going to be a perfect solution. So I just think you have to be sensible at times like this. Yeah, I think UEFA's hands are a little bit bound as well because I don't think they Mm. can figure out the Europa slash Champions League knockout stages until everybody figures out their domestic leagues because they can't just throw fixtures in before countries are are away Mm. from COVID-19 and there's, you know, very, very small percentage of people, not players, not clubs, but people in the country being affected. So... Yeah, UEFA basically have to wait and see what happens with the the rest of the domestic leagues, I feel. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, there was that. talks as well, wasn't there, about flying out to like neutral countries that don't have it yet or, and mm. stuff like that. It's like, wait, uh, why? Why would yeah. they, 
No country should be like, yeah, go on then. You can use us. And where are they going to no. go? But how many, Botswana, how many countries are there isn't? Yeah, but there is pretty much no countries now that don't have it. Well, that's what I mean. Like, literally, I think nearly, I think it's like 90 to 95% of every country in the world has it. So you find me a neutral country. I mean, there is not going to be a neutral no, country. The reality is, isn't is a, a, neut this, so. a neutral country like that wouldn't be equipped to deal with it. That. No. That's that's my view on it. If you find a country in the middle of nowhere or a very small country in, in football in terms, they wouldn't be equipped to deal with it. Imagine trying to run a mini tournament in a country that has one main football ground with one main training yeah, base. Which could, it wouldn't be possible. It'd be absolutely impossible. You need mm. major cities to be able to deal with this kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah and, that's why, that, 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 I mean, and that's why I do think the Champions League is most at risk. I just think it's a lot easier to null and void that than it is to avoid the leagues. I just think there's more room. have less ramifications yeah. if you yeah, exactly. avoid them. Well, well, yeah, exactly. I just think there's less... There's more opportunities for leagues to finish, isn't there? Because they're in one country, their own mm. country. They can sort things out more than trying to sort out, you know, a competition that encompasses the whole of Europe. I mean, that's difficult. Very difficult. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, just quickly... The one that does jump out, though, you guys touched on it before about like the EFL, them trying to finish the season. I mean, how many clubs are in the EFL? Like, what, 69 or something? Like, there's uh, a lot of games. Yeah. There's a lot of games there to be played. I mean, how would, I, I can't see the logistics of them finishing. Uh, am I, I mean, one? I mean, it just seems what? like there's so many people players staff in that like when you talk premier league and isolate them it's like yeah 20 yeah. maybe manageable but when you're talking like another well, they, uh, clubs was it below the conference north and south they've cancelled haven't they yeah Everything. it's all voided they have but they're but under a lot of pressure to bring that back yeah they yeah are. but at the minute as it stands the national league and the national league north and south are still going ahead aren't they it's anything under that that isn't going ahead yeah Mm -hmm. So the National League is still apparently going to finish as well. So it's not even just the EFL clubs, it's them as well. But um, yeah, I mean, that's such a hard scenario to, to figure out. But I mean, I guess they try and do a similar thing to the Premier League are doing and try and get them all in a, you know, a, a more constrained environment where there's not as much outside pressure or, you know, there's not as much traveling to do and things like that. I assume that's what they try and do. Mm. Because I can't, I, I can't I, see why it would be it, Honestly, you know? it doesn't even really? bear thinking about. There's all you're not talking here about twenty slash maybe twenty four clubs in 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 the football league and mm. twenty in the Premier League. You're talking staff of all kinds, not yeah. just not just the playing staff. It's the coaching staff. It's the physiotherapists. It's the doctors. It's the chefs. It's the kitmen. All that for every single club, up and down those. 92 whatever it is in in the english pyramid i mean where do you even begin yes where do so you begin if you, i if mean they would the have Premier to put restrictions League. in place wouldn't they i mean surely they'd have to do like you're only allowed one of these one of these one of these but it could never work five but clubs would you clubs don't would never agree to that if you think about the preparation if you think about getting it all done in the space of mm. of a mini world cup-esque type competition for each league yeah. The amount of planning and preparation that goes into those those scenarios on a regular basis, I know it's extreme circumstances, but can you imagine saying to a club, you're allowed one first team coach present, you're allowed one chef present, you're allowed one physiotherapist mm. present. There's absolutely no way that they're agreeing to it. 
They're going to want their full cohort there. They're going to want every chance of succeeding. Yes, they're going to want to get it done as a primary focus because no one's going to want this hangover to last for too long. But I can't see but clubs I, being willing to risk sacrificing themselves just to get it done. I, I, I can yeah, see clubs I, I doing know, that, though. especially if they're in danger of going out of business. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I, I kind of I think I agree a little bit more with Luke on this one in terms of. I don't know. I think clubs are just going to have to make some compromises. I think it's as simple as that. They might not like it. They might try and battle against it with the league. They might try and do all these legal things and all this. But at the end of the day, you know, this isn't normal circumstances where you go, you can have your full entourage. Of play. You know, play. you know, you've got to remember as well, Perks, that you know, <laughs> football. You know, we, we they live in a world that isn't really the real world. They live in worlds where they're protected and they're sugar coated and things like this. But maybe they're just going to have to have a dose of reality well you, 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 yeah and you you, uh, you know you can't have 10 physios at one club like traveling around you can only have three or you know i'm not saying maybe one's a bit extreme but instead you know some clubs must have dozens of backroom staff but that's going to just have to come down probably yeah, by half there's or hundreds quarter. of backroom staff at every yeah. single club not just premier League i think they'll clubs. have to though yeah exactly i know what you're saying and it, yeah it, it's a massive operation but i think they're just going to have to compromise and the rules are going to be the same for everyone aren't they in terms of if everyone has a uh, has a restriction Mm-hmm. then I don't really see the problem because it's not like you're going to get, you know, City rocking up with 100 backroom staff and then, I don't know, Chelsea rocking up with five. It's going to be 10 for each or five for each. So, I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from, personally. Logistically, it is, would still be a nightmare with reduced numbers, I think. But And I understand also your point about clubs wouldn't be happy with it, but I just think clubs are going to have to live in reality and just accept that this isn't a normal season. It's going to feel strange when they get back playing. It's going to feel strange when they're trying to prepare for matches. Players probably won't be match fit at all properly. They probably won't be as prepared as they should be. And maybe that's another argument in terms of our players going to start saying, well, oh, well, I'm not playing in this game because I'm not 100% match fit yeah, and stuff like this. That's another nightmare. argument. They won't be ready. Well, they won't. They but won't think, be ready when it comes no, to No, they won't. But maybe the clubs are just going to have to rotate their squad more, you know, and things like Wow, it's just as simple as that. I think I just uh, there is no foolproof solution to this, and I think we all know that now. And I, I just think clubs are going to have to knuckle down and just get on with it. To be honest with you, I actually See, I'm, agree. I, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement to an extent, but I'm not coming away from my previous point. I think sacrifices will be made on things like television money because whilst the games are supposed to be televised, I highly doubt they'll be te- televised to the same financial com- mm. compensation or disposition as it was before. They'll be fine with no no footfall. They're not going to get their gates because they're going to be played behind closed doors, we think. Sacrifices will be made. And I'm, I'm not trying to sit here and say clubs should not make sacrifices full stop. But when it comes to the actual operation of the club, the players, the staff, for me, I don't think you're going to get too many in favour of any, any... I was going to call it a bill that gets passed there going American... Anything that gets suggested to them by by the Premier League, by the EFL, by the FA, whoever it is, I think they're going to want it to be as close to absolutely normal as possible with the exception of how it actually feels within the grounds. No fans, no hype around games because it's just getting it done. I can't see too many clubs favouring uh, a, a programme that gets arranged or that affects players, numbers of staff, things like that. But that's just my view on it. And um, to be very honest with you, like I said at the very top, I don't think we're right or wrong. There's just buts and asterisks by everything yeah. that we say. It's it's really hard right now I to think, suggest uh, what the best option is. I think I'm. I definitely agree more along the side with Sud. Um, 
they're going to have to make compromise. They can't sit there in times like this and go, no, no, we want our full backroom stuff and we want this and we want mm. that. It's like, no, you're going to have to make compromises. This is the whole point. I, I, like, you're in a world you, now that is different to the norm. Everyone yeah, everyone yeah. In, in the world now is making compromises in their everyday life and footballers and clubs shouldn't be immune to that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying but, they shouldn't make compromises. I'm saying they won't be in favour of it. I'm saying that will but, but, that will probably but, cause a lot more fight back than let's get it done behind closed doors, for example. I, I mean, you know, I agree with you. I, I, I completely agree. I'm sure clubs will sit there and go, well, no, well, we don't want to do that. Do but I think there has to be a point where the Premier League takes it out of their hands and just goes, no, this is what we're doing. And, like, you know, you have to do it, basically. Because at the end of the day, all the clubs are part of the Premier League. You know, they agree to the rule. rule. I know you can say, well, the rules are going to be changed, fair enough. But And I guess there's this whole thing of uh, the two-thirds rule and stuff like that. But I think the two-thirds rule in circumstances like this have to be thrown out of the window. And people might say that's anti-democratic and things like that. And, yeah, it probably is. But I think in circumstances like this, I think in extreme circumstances, you know, and as long as it is in extreme circumstances and they revert back, obviously, when things go back Mm. to normal to the two-third rule, Mm. I think... Premier League should just make a decision and go, no, this is what we're doing. Like at Olympic, basically. Well, look I mean, at us. Yeah, we're the, in the self-isolation. bodies need to do that. Yeah, exactly. We like it Olympic yeah, because police have now been given new rules you know, it, it, to enforce this. Well, yeah, no, we, we, can't, we can't just go out on the street and say like, oh, well, no, that's... I mean, we could try it. You could try and go out on the street and say this is <laughs> human rights and things like this, but you'll be met with getting arrested. So... Exactly. Yeah. You know... So no, what's I the think, difference I think clubs, in, time, in my opinion, there's no difference. In time, I think that's the eventuality, is that we will come to something that not everybody can fully get behind, but at the end of the day, that is going to be the solution. That will be the answer to the problem. I, I cannot imagine for one second it takes place in June. I would be absolutely no, amazed. It's going to take a lot more time to figure out than between now getting it ready, getting it all set in motion from conception to eventuality and getting it ready to go for June. It's going to be quite some time, I feel. Yeah. But when it happens, it is going to be a decision where the governing bodies sit together, hash it all out, and say, this is the plan. It's unfortunate if there's opposition to it. It's unfortunate if some teams do have to bite the bullet more than others. But it's not going to be normal when it comes back. And regardless of opinions from from us three guys or, or from the from the pros themselves... That is that's the only way that I see it going ahead. It reaches a point where it's right. This is this is the end. Now we've had all our time. It's not a rush decision after a couple of weeks. This is the best option. This is what we're doing, and I think that probably makes the most sense in the end. Yeah, I think they're going to have to be strong, be strong-willed when they yeah. make a decision and stick with that. But we will see how it all plays out. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, and if you are listening to us on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and comment with your thoughts on what we've touched on today. Do you think the season should be null and voided? Do you think the season will be played again in June, July? It seems hopeful or optimistic, so we'll see how that plays out. And if you're listening to us on any audio platforms, please subscribe and pass on the pod as well and leave us a nice review. Um, you can also follow World Sports Book Competition on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, yeah, we have daily daily quizzes on there and, and news updates and stuff to hopefully keep us entertained and not be uh, too bored during self-isolation. Anyway, thanks for joining me as ever, guys, and uh, have a good week. We'll talk again soon. Bye. See you soon. Okay, bye-bye. This is the World Sports Book Competition Podcast brought to you by Avantage Entertainment.